Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How many people got to experience the presence of God in the, in the Old Testament? Basically, when they went to the temple, who got to do that? The high priest. How often did he get to experience the presence of God? How often? Once a a year. So I couldn't say to you this morning, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit lives in you. There was such a rarity in the Old Testament. Do you realize how blessed we are today? We don't have to go to a wall. 24-7, I have access to this divine helper. What a joy. Do you understand how blessed we are today? The Lord has provided every single Christ follower with His Holy Spirit to guide and direct in every area and situation of our life. Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to see and take advantage of the resource we have in the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, fellowship with God was extremely limited, but when Jesus cried, It is finished, the veil of the temple was torn in two. And access to our Lord became available to all that would put their faith in Him. Are you being led by God Himself through His Spirit today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John as he begins his message, The Necessity of the Holy Spirit. You know, when life was started, right from the beginning, we see a helper. God created Adam and Eve, and then he said, goodbye, have a nice life. No, not really. He said, I want to do life with you. I want to be your helper. I want to be there from day to day with you. So all through the Old Testament, God was the divine helper. When the nation of Israel was established through Abraham... God was their helper. He led them. Remember, cloud by day, fire by night. He was with that nation. Now, when you come and see, that just reminds us. Here's one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament of how God wants to be our divine helper. Here it is. Notice how personal. This is for all of us. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you. And I will watch over you. Thus, this amazing promise tells us what? That God wants to guide us in every area of our life. He wants to be involved, not just in this aspect, but even a storm that comes. He wants to be involved in that because our life actually is filled with storms. Not just hurricanes, all kinds of things. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And we need a divine helper. He's interested in you this morning. So here's one I want to remind you of, and I want you to write it down at all of our campuses right now. Man was designed to do life with God. We were not designed to do life without a divine helper. 
Life doesn't work without a divine helper. We're not wise enough. We don't have the answers. So our divine helper is God. Now, that's the Old Testament. When you come to the New Testament, things changed. And the way that changes this, we discover in the New Testament, the divine helpers for the people in that time period were God and Jesus. And when Jesus came to this earth, remember he came as fully God, but he was fully man. Jesus didn't lose his divinity, but he set it aside. He was still fully God in every way, and yet he was man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, so he would be born sinless, and he could live 33 years and not sin and go to the cross for us. But in this area of ministry, we see that not only was God Jesus' divine helper, but the Holy Spirit played a very active role in the life of Jesus. Now, I don't want you to write this down, but I want you to see how that was. Of course, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that's a trinity. They work together. They're all God. Now, here's what happened. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't start ministry till 30, 30 years old. And then the first thing he did, he went to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a prophet, and he was really given a purpose by God to announce the way of the Messiah, that the Messiah was coming. So he was out baptizing people for repentance of sin. And one day Jesus went to John the Baptist and he got baptized, not because he had sin, but he was identifying with you and me. And when that happened, remember in Vier and Sebastian, when that happened, as he came up out of the water, did he hear a voice? Yes, he heard a voice from God saying, this is my son, way to go, babe, give me a high five. That's my tenth lesson. He, he said, very good. And then the next thing you see is the Holy Spirit comes upon him. So first thing you understand, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's how it starts. Then as he just, just days later, the scripture says he was full of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit simply means to be controlled by the Spirit yielding to the wisdom of his divine helper, because he set his divinity aside, of the Holy Spirit. And last, biggest part we know, because he was baptized in the Spirit, that's where it all starts, and then we have to continue to be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, but then he was led by the Spirit. And that particular time, interesting leading, the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days of temptation. Now, and when you see all of that happening, what do we discover with Jesus? Everything Jesus did while on earth was done through the divine helper, the power of the Holy Spirit. So he learned to be dependent, sensitive, and obedient to the Holy Spirit 24-7. Well, that's Jesus. Now, at 30, Jesus picked 12 disciples. Where would the role of the Holy Spirit be in them? What would that look like? Well, before I get to that, let me tell you what Jesus did. When Jesus picked the disciples, he was initially their divine helper. And as we go through God and, and Jesus, Jesus prayed to the Father. He told him which disciples to choose, those 12. And then every day when they got up, uh, the disciples, Peter didn't come into Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, we're ready to do the day. Here, here's our, we got together as guys and here's what we're going to do. No, every day when they got up, Jesus said, here's where we're going. Here's what's going to take place. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how I'm going to use you. I want you to learn. You're disciples. You're a learner under discipline. So everything 
that was happening in their life was done by Jesus. Now, during that three and a half years, Jesus also, he didn't just lead them. He taught them. He taught them the scriptures. He would actually then, at times, he needed to comfort them because they were kind of losing it and they were jealous and all kinds of things. He encouraged them. Sometimes they said, Jesus, everybody's against us. He'd have to sit and encourage them. And then other times, he'd actually have to correct them. Remember, they'd fight among each other. Who's going to be best? Who's going to be the one? Who's going to be? And Jesus remember, he'd wrong, 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 wrong. So all these things Jesus did, you're going to see somebody else take over. Because one day, Jesus said to his disciples, Now, let me see if you've learned anything already. Every day, who was leading the disciples? Okay, three of you, Matt Rowe, six here. Uh, Who was leading him, leading the disciples every day? Jesus. So every day they got up in the morning, did they decide where to go and what to do? No, Jesus did. He was their divine helper. Then one day, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm leaving. I'm leaving you. And they're going, say what? He says, I'm leaving you. And so the disciples are like, well, wait a minute. We don't know how to lead. You've been leading us every day. You've been comforting us. You've been teaching us. You've been encouraging us. You correct us when our doctrine's wrong. And you're going to leave us? What are we supposed to do? So I've asked you to turn to John 14, if you will. John 14, verses 16 through 18. Watch what happens. Because Jesus, knowing that they're upset, they're talking about it. But you can't leave us. This is crazy. This is the only way. We follow you. We're followers. We're not leaders. And Jesus is going to assure them that there's a plan coming. Now look at the plan. All of our campuses, those of you online, John 14, verse 16. Jesus says this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, Comforter. The word another means one of the very same kind. So God is part of the Trinity. Jesus is part of the Trinity. So we know that the comforter, this other counselor, is going to have to be God. And he says this, and this counselor will be with you how long? What does forever mean? It means for you forever. It means for me forever. Forever. Now, would you rather have a a, a counselor, a person to lead you, direct you, to teach you for three and a half years like the disciple did? Or would you rather have a, a God be your divine uh, uh, helper for your whole life? That's a no-brainer, isn't it? So Jesus says, there's another one coming. Indeed, I'm leaving. Absolutely, I'm leaving. But I'm not going to leave you alone. Now look at the rest. By the way, this comforter had another name. The Holy Spirit had another name. The Spirit of, say it with me, truth. How much truth in our world today? Now, watch what? The world, unbelievers, cannot accept, what's the word next word? Him. The Holy Spirit is not a force. May the force be with you. You know, there's many religions that believe the Spirit is not a person. He's a force. No, they're wrong. Notice, they cannot accept him. He has a mind, will, emotions, feelings, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But then he turns to his disciples and watch what he says. But you know him, two things. For one, he lives with you. He's alongside of you is what that word means. Number two, he'll be where? Inside you, in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus says your divine helper will be the Holy Spirit. So write that down this morning because we're disciples. Jesus has gone to heaven. He's paid for our sins. So who do we have as a helper? Well, here we are. Today, the Holy Spirit is our, as a Christian, divine helper. Now, You've already said it, but let's remind yourself. How long is our divine helper, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, how long is he with us? That's a great thing. That's an amazing thing. It's not for three years and he's leaving and somebody else is coming because we have the whole Trinity all taken care of. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, when you see that, I just want you to encourage your friend next to you. I'll decide, you decide which is your friend to turn to. And just say to them, the Holy Spirit is my divine helper. Come on. The Holy, turn to him, turn to him. Now that person you disc on the left, turn to the one on the other high and say the same thing in all our campuses. Come on. The Holy Spirit is my divine helper. The Holy Spirit is a person you can communicate with and you can know. Now the Holy Spirit the presence of God in the Old Testament, when the temple or the tabernacle was built, God resided, even though he was all over the world, he resided for the Jewish people in one place, the Holy of Holies. His presence would be there. How many people got to experience the presence of God in the, in the Old Testament? Basically, when they went to the temple, who got to do that? The high priest. How often did he get to experience the presence of God? How often? Once a a year. So I couldn't say to you this morning, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit lives in you. There was such a rarity in the Old Testament. Do you realize how blessed we are today? We don't have to go to a wall. 24-7, I have access to this divine helper. What a joy. Now, when Jesus was here, he taught three relationships with the Holy Spirit. Three. So here's the first two I'm going to discuss. Write it down this morning. Here's the first one. Here's the first relationship a person can have with God, the Holy Spirit. Convicted by the Spirit, Jesus said, he'll be with you. He'll be alongside you. You see, before the salvation, he's saying to his disciples, the Holy Spirit isn't in you yet. He isn't in you yet. He's beside you. Now, here's what happens. Before salvation, before you and I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's alongside of us. He's convicting of us our sin, our lack of being right with God, and and certain judgment that will come at death. See, our sin separates us. Now, the goal of the Holy Spirit being alongside of us is to get us to admit our sin and ask for God to forgive us. So let me give you an example. Here's how this works. And it's not just in church. It can work anywhere. This is you, you and me, a sinner. By the way, uh, convicting us, if you're a Christian today, Everyone started with relationship number one. The Holy Spirit is the spirit. What is the real you this morning? It's spirit. It's not your flesh and blood. It's not your mind. It's your spirit. So you're in a church service. You're watching Charles Stanley teach online. You've been to a Billy Graham's conference way long ago, or Greg Laurie or whatever. And you're there, and you're an unbeliever. And that pastor, that person that's speaking, the lady teacher, whatever, they're talking about 
Well, your sins separate you from God. If you want to go to heaven, you have to have your sins forgiven. You, you can't be good enough to do that. God will do that, but you have to repent, believe, and accept Jesus Christ. And so where is the Holy Spirit? The, in our campuses this morning, guaranteed, there's some of you that are not believers. Uh, somebody came to me the last service said, I used to come, and I, I've gotten away from God. I need to come back to God. Well, who told him to do that? Not me. The Holy Spirit. He says to, you, to this person, you know, to your spirit, not out loud, to your spirit. You're not right with God. So some of you this morning say, well, I, I want to go to, you mean, I, I, are you kidding? I can't be good enough? No, you can't be good enough. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's alongside of you. Now that's done in the spirit. It's not like weird. It's the spirit speaking to you. By the way, I can give you one true statement. Satan is not saying to you this morning in your seat, you need to get saved and listen to that pastor. No, Satan's saying, that guy's crazy. You're a good person. No, the spirit, first thing he does to us is convict us. Now, what's my role then? To repent, believe, and ask for Jesus to come into my life. If you're a Christian this morning, a Christ follower, the first step, always conviction. And after that, you'll see that there's more. Now, what's the second relationship I can have with the Holy Spirit? Here it is. Indwelt by the Spirit. In other words, he comes to live in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now look at me, all the campuses. Why would Paul say to, to people in the church, don't you realize the Holy Spirit lives in you? Why would he say, don't you realize? Because they didn't realize. They may have known it, but they've forgotten it. I'm sure all of us at times do that. We forget that the moment you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He doesn't, he's not here Monday through Friday. Well, I'm taking a long weekend. See ya. He lives in us 24-7. He's our divine helper in every situation. So Paul says, notice, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? It's a gift. It comes with salvation. Now, these next few words I could speak for an hour on, but I don't have time this morning because some of you don't get this at all. And then Paul says this, you do not belong to yourself. Forget the selfies. When the Holy Spirit comes in, who is boss? The Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian, you say, well, wait a minute, I didn't sign a paper that said that I, I don't belong to myself. Why, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. When you accepted Christ, you turned the control of your life, my life, over to God. By the way, that's the only way you'll do life right. You want to try to do it yourself? That's why you came to Christ, because we can't. So the second thing that happens, the moment you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and he begins to conform us, to make us like Christ, fruit of the Spirit, all those kind of things. So he lives in us, and every single day, 24-7, you have God, the Holy Spirit, the divine helper living in you. Now, what can the Holy Spirit do for us? What does he want to do for us? Well, lots of things. And I just want to give you a few this morning. And I want you to write these down because sometimes we, we miss this. So here's the first one you can write down. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, just like Jesus, remember all the things I said Jesus would do? He taught, he convicted, he encouraged, 
he uh, corrected, he, he, he led, he did all that. Think another one just like him. What's the Holy Spirit do for you this morning? Me. The Holy Spirit assures me. One of the first things that happens when a person becomes a Christian is they are introduced to spiritual warfare. Now, when a person accepts Christ, maybe this morning you'll accept Christ and we'll give you a Bible and you'll leave the service and you go, wow, my sins are forgiven. This is fantastic. And, and you get home and, and you sit down for a moment and there'll be a voice that comes to you. What's the voice say? Congratulations. No, the voice is this. That was all emotion. Nothing happened to you. And all of a sudden, difficulties come. Storms come. And you call the Christian friend that invites your I thought you told me when I come to Christ, everything's going to be fine. It's got worse since I came to Christ. Welcome to Christianity. That's what happens. That's why people that say, well, just come to Christ. Everything's perfect in your life forever. I don't know where you live, but that ain't the way it works. Because Satan hates people coming. So what's he put in our mind about salvation? Doubt, 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 doubt. Anybody here, don't even raise your hand because I know every hand's going to go up. Mine included. Ever doubt your salvation? You think God came to you and said, are you sure you're really saved? No, that's Satan. He's condemning us. He's always condemning us. Let me, let me read you this verse. Romans 8, 16. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You're, if you're really a believer, the Spirit tells you you are. You want to be secure. The worst thing to do is be insecure. Am I? Am I not? Am I? Am I not? Oh, the storm's coming. God help me. I think I am now. Okay. Three weeks later, then forget. Am I? Am I? No, no, no. That's not the way you live. I want to be secure. You can know if you're a Christian today. That's what First John says. You can absolutely know it. Number two, the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds me. The real teacher this morning is not the person behind the pulpit. The real teacher is the Holy Spirit. He wrote this book, the Bible. So what does he do to you? He illuminates things. As I'm going through the teaching from the word of God, different things will boo, pop into your mind. It's kind of like this, aha moment. Uh-huh. Whoa. Some of you didn't know you had the Holy Spirit in you. Somebody this morning already didn't know that you could be assured of your salvation. So he's the one that teaches us and tells us how to do life right. The Holy Spirit comforts me. He's another comforter. Comfort means to come alongside, to support, to encourage. You understand, we're just people. We can say some kind words. We can pray. We can hold them. But the spirit needs to be comforted. And who is that to that husband? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to do that often. Next, he helps me pray. You know, there's times when we don't know how to pray. How do I pray for this? And let's be honest, all of us have... Kind of sometimes we're selfish in our prayers. We're just praying for us. Now, let me guarantee you, when the Holy Spirit helps you pray, what will he always pray? God's will. Because he's God. He's not going to pray my will. God, I don't know why you sent this thing. Get this thing out of my life, this trouble. No, maybe I have to go through it. And the Holy Spirit will only pray. No, God will give you strength to go through it. God will give you strength to go through it. Man was designed to do life with God. Today, Pastor Mark showed listeners that even during the time of Jesus on earth, God and the Holy Spirit were his divine helpers. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit, and led by the Holy Spirit. 
If Jesus put such importance on being in tune with the will of the Spirit in his life, how important is it for us to do the same today? The Holy Spirit is your divine helper. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What does the relationship between man and the Holy Spirit look like? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will remind listeners that the Holy Spirit has been given to direct us in every situation. It's essential we know what the Holy Spirit, our divine helper, can do for us as Christ followers. But it is even more important that unbelievers understand there is a divine helper for them in every area of their life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.